Hey guys, do you want to hear a joke? I do. All right. Well, going with the uh, the children theme again. Mm. Uh, what do you call a fake noodle? What? An impasta. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's a joke for kids. So Yeah. Um, I'm sure they find it funny. <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump in. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Tim. And with us today, we have a great guest. We've got Emily Ossington, the head of partnerships over at Next Minute. Emily, g'day. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to have you on. It's great yeah. to have you on. We, uh, we're going to be talking about the building and construction industry today um, and specifically around some of the issues that they're facing and, and what some of the solutions to those issues can be around tech. Mm. So I'm, I'm really keen to dive into that. Uh, but first off, Tim, what, what is the Tim and Dan <laughs> Uh, the reason I, I pointed you down this week, Tim, yeah. is because your voice the first is going. week I can go, I can go high pitched again. Yeah, but it's going again. It you is going husky. again. It is going again. You're speaking too much. It's been a. I haven't given it enough rest mm. since I was sick, but uh, but I can do the high pitched. Couldn't do that the past few weeks. What's end of financial like for you, Emily? Leading into thirty June, pretty busy. Uh, yeah, I mean, for us, it's pretty good. For tradespeople, it's not you know as bad for them as it is for you guys I would say mm. uh, but there is it just means you know everyone's kind of a bit quieter in terms of looking at your software and mm. that kind of stuff because they just want to try and get certain deadlines met um, mm. there's also a whole bunch of actual trade and construction um, deadlines coming up in the next month as well so everyone's getting prepared for that right okay yeah it's not as stressful I would say it's probably quieter yeah. for us yeah, Dan and I, are, Dan and I, are definitely a bit run down at the moment. It's been a pretty hectic uh, run sure. into thirty June. That's for sure. That's yeah, for sure. Busiest I can remember, actually. There was just a lot that sort of happened all at once. Yeah. Um, Usually, I'm not that worried about thirty June. Like, I don't have yeah. that many things to try and finish by the end of financial year. But, but it, it's just been. It was, but it wasn't normal stuff either. It wasn't just like I need a tax return lodge. There might have been a couple of them, but mm. it was mostly just other stuff that people just come out of the woodworks or organizing the team for things or getting systems prepared because we've got to hit the ground running and mm. that just all sort of happened at once. Yeah. Anyway, we got through it. We're here. Mm. Good times. <laughs> We're here. Um, yeah. I just want to, I want to um, introduce another new topic <sighs> uh, subject this week, Tim. Okay, so cool. uh, Emily, you, you might not know this, um, but uh, I'm just trying to try out a few new uh, segments to the podcast. Mm. So every week I'm just introducing a new idea, seeing if they stick. And um, I, I've been recently recommended a TV show. Okay. It's called F-Boy Island. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, now, I'm not usually a fan of the reality TV, but I watched a couple apps and, and? it got you hooked. Really? Yeah. Don't they, isn't that the one where they lock F-Boys in cages or yes. something and convince them not to be F-Boys? <laughs> Correct. It's, the idea is, <laughs> just to, to give you the idea of the concept, is so there's uh, 24 men and there's three women and the women every week have to determine who are F-boys and who are nice guys. <laughs> so the F-boys are pretending to be nice uh, and if they, at the end, choose an F-boy to leave the island with, that F-boy can take their money 
if they if they oh, fooled the like, lady. There's just all their money, just their personal life savings. No, no, oh, no, the money they'd win <laughs> in in the contest. Anyway, that's not what we're playing here. I want to introduce a new segment called F Boy or Not, <laughs> and I want to ex- I want to expand this out because I don't just mean right. F Boys. I just mean F Boys in terms of like Clearly you're the F Boy and your, I'm not your vibe. <laughs> no, but I just it's, it's not particular about dating or anything. But it, there's a vibe that's like in mm. different industries. You could be an F Boy, like. There's F boy accountants who are just sort of like cowboys and aren't in there, aren't in it for the good of their clients. Oh they're they're God. there to make you know. So anyway, here's okay. a here's a quick rundown. You All have right. to guys, you have to choose F boy night. Emily, feel free to not include yourself if you don't want to participate <laughs> in this. First one, PwC versus Cats accountant. <laughs> that's loaded. PwC yeah. the F boys. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to say it, but like, I'm going to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got to agree with that. I mean, well, is being an F-boy really that bad? They're no. F-boy vibes though, over there at PwC. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah. No, you're right. And just their attitude to the clients. They'll you take can change what it they from need. PwC because I don't want to be like sued for slandering or anything. Let's just say well, big, four, big four accounting firms. They're, they're going to sue us for calling them F-boys. <laughs> <laughs> Because really, like, I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but we did do our uh, professional indemnity insurance and we aren't insured for defamation. (laughs) (laughs) Don't sue us. That's on us. Yeah. um, Don't sue us for defamation. Come at me, PwC. I'm sure it'll be great press for you. Um, uh, Two drunk accountants versus from the trenches. Oh. Which is another accounting podcast. Now, I, I am biased here, but I think... I think they have F boy vibes. Really? In, in terms of like, they're just sort of like a bit of swagger about them. Yeah, true. They walk around. They get in like, um, they get in stouches. Yeah. Like with, um, they get into arguments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reckon out of the two of us, it's them. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know if you know a theme here, but it's just me comparing <laughs> our businesses to other people <laughs> and then and then teasing. What them. if you want to be an F boy though? Like, yeah, I mean, isn't that that could be a thing? I, w- I was watching it and I I, I messaged a friend of ours. Um, it makes us the nice guy. O- Orford, it never wins. Orford man on the street. I, I messaged him and, and said, yeah. "Do I give off F boy vibes?" <laughs> uh, it was a strong no. <laughs> 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 and that's the end of F Boy or Not. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> new segment. Oh, see, how, see if it sticks. I'll be on to a new uh, show next week. What if there's any um, F Boy um, building building software, building industry software? Yeah, I'm sure you don't want to be throwing shade at other softwares. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I make a moral point of not throwing shade at other software, yeah. but I can confirm that there are a few out there. <laughs> Well, we have no moral points here uh, no. because we just <laughs> compared ourselves to others. So, there you go. yeah, all right. All right, let's um, let's move on, shall we, to the business update sponsored mm. by Cats Accountants. Thank you, Cats, for sponsoring this segment of the podcast. Still hiring, still hiring at Cats Accountants. Emily, do you know any accountants who need a job? Uh, I don't at the moment, but happy to put the word out for you. Yes, please. Yeah, we thank you. That would be great. We we need it. Um, it. I mean, cats accounts need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not you sponsoring your own show. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, so, uh, a couple of things I just wanted to bring up. Uh, the first one is uh, I've actually come up with a part three of the housing policy. 
Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Should, should we update Emily on like what we discussed last week? Yeah. So Emily, we've um, over over a period of a few weeks <clears throat> um, come up with our own housing policy, some some mm. changes to the legislation around particular things. You know, there's a lot of talk about capital gains, negative gearing, lack of supply of houses, mm. so incentivize people to build. Relates to the building industry, really. Really does. Mm. Yeah. Really mm. does. So um, our first two policies. Uh, one was around capital gains, which was limiting your capital gains incentive to a lifetime cap. Yeah. So if you own 10 investment properties uh, and you make a $1 million gain on the, the first one you sell, yep. that may be the only discount discounted capital gain you could get. Yep. And then the rest will just be fully taxed. Yep, that exactly. could be an idea. That's an idea. Uh, the next idea was uh, Airbnb rented properties should be considered business income instead of residential income mm. because that would then mean that you've got to pass the non-commercial losses rule mm. you'd lose some capital gains incentives mm. uh, and it gives you an incentive to put a long-term resident in a home instead of an airbnb yeah yeah exactly yeah that's what this is all about just increasing yep. the supply increasing supply that's yep. what we're trying to do yeah so i was listening to a conversation on uh abc um in national radio in the morning mm-hmm. with uh, our friend of the podcast, Patricia Carvelis. She's never oh, come on yeah, the podcast, but she gets a shout out. Um, we, um, they were talking about um, the need to incentivize people to build mm. houses, right? Mm. And they were saying that negative gearing is a really good thing for that and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I, I was thinking like, not really, because negative mm. gearing applies blanketly across everything. Mm. There's no incentive to build a home compared mm. to buy a home. I see where you're going with this. Because you still get the same incentives. So only negatively gearing is possible for if you build. Great thinking. If yeah. you build a new home. And then I was ex- taking this I even like further. That. I like that. I was like, well, that doesn't, like you could just buy a house and renovate it. Mm. Or, like rebuild a new home on the same block. That doesn't add to supply. Knock down rebuild. But mm. if, if you build a duplex. Ooh. If you build an entire new, like uh, estab- a, a, there's a lot of talk about the build to rent mm. incentives at the yeah. moment. If you do that. I like that. If you buy in a new residential property that's never had a home and you build a property there. That's cool. Subdivide. Subdivide. Then you'd get negative gearing because that incentivizes mm. you to build and add supply, not just increase demand on existing homes. I like it, Dan. Right? I like it. That's really good. Two drunk accountants Jeez. solving the world's problems oh again. God. Yeah, this is good We've stuff. We've solved the housing policy problem. Like the crisis could be done if they just listen to us. Well, maybe we'll be running for politics soon. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, that's uh, that's our policy, Emily. I like it. Because they're talking about now, especially in Sydney with like the housing shortage, they're just going to build a whole new suburb mm. out near the new airport. And that doesn't even cater. I was reading something yesterday. It's like it's only going to cater to 40% of the like new immigrants that we get coming in plus mm. the already shortage of supply that we have. Mm. Um, and there's no incentive. I, I've got some statistics around this that we'll talk about later. But, mm. um, their government isn't, they've gotten rid of all of their like, schemes and stuff that help yes. with new builds. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they need another incentive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because there was the home builder during COVID. And yeah. ironically, we talked about this a few weeks ago as well. Ironically, that's really kind of put the building industry up the duff because yeah. um, it's like- Too much demand at one moment. Yeah, yeah. there was inflation. There mm. was no there was no supplies. It rained. Mm. and um, But at the same time, people mm. had to lock into a contract mm. by a date. Uh, yeah. to get their free 20 grand if they spent over 200 or yeah. whatever it was. So exactly. It was in just mayhem. Exactly. For the building industry really. 
So we'll, we'll dive into more of that when we get into our main topic. Um, but I just wanted to, to mention part three of the Two Drunk Accountants housing policy. If you've got a, another area of policy you'd like mm. us to tackle next. Yeah. So let's just say, um, I don't know, just general tax reform, mm. um, small business reform, uh, HR reform. I've got some. Uh, I've got some pretty strong ideas around fringe benefits tax. Oh, don't we all? We could reform that. I reckon. I reckon we could absolutely. Let's have a think about that one. That's next. Yeah, all right. That's next. Mm. All right. Um, the other <laughs> thing I wanted to mention that if you're a trust, you need to do your trust distribution by the thirtieth. Your minute today. Your minute. <laughs> yeah. So you need to. If, if you listen. haven't got a minute, get a bit of paper out and write. This is my minute, my trust distribution <laughs> minute, and this is who I'm intending to uh, yeah. distribute my profits. And you definitely to. signed that on the 30th of June, and didn't you've you? signed it on, on the, the 30th. Yeah, wasn't after. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So make sure you do that. Mm. Just a general general plug out there. It's an important thing. Uh, tight ass tip. Well, actually, Emily came with one, so please. Ooh, I have a really good one. So I got home from London last week and noticed the back of my phone was completely coming off. Um, so the glue inside the phone had all disintegrated <laughs> and I live life on the edge. Yeah. I don't have a screen protector or phone cover oh my on my God. phone. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is urgent. Um, and then I was like, well, my phone must be at the end of its life cycle. That means I'm due for an upgrade. <laughs> had a look mm. and I was off contract with my phone provider. So I did a bit of shopping around and walked into to Vodafone, who had a end of financial year sale on. So for the same gigabytes of data per month, which is 80 gigs of data, I paid $10 less per month. I got a new phone, so my phone repayments stay the same as well. And I also got a Samsung watch. Crazy. So if anyone is out there looking for a new phone or in the market, today and tomorrow is an excellent time to go shopping. 100%. Yeah. So 100%. Like, you could title this like end of year deals or... EFS. EFS or, or even like... Uh, don't assume your phone plan is good anymore. <laughs> Here's yeah, one. well, I was with mine for 10 years and never looked around because I was like, well, yes. it does what it needs to do, right? Mm. So yeah. what's the point of looking around? Mm. And then I was like, actually... Maybe I could save some money. So the, the cover mm. was coming off your Nokia 3310? Is that what's <laughs> happening? <Yeah. laughs> no, it was a more recent phone. <laughs> iPhone 4. Yeah. I was sitting next to me, but you know. Oh, oh God. Inside the back of my phone. Don't yeah. electrocute yourself in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a good tip. I think that, that applies to many things. Mm. So I've also heard this for electricity. Because we are coming up for some rate hikes mm. for electricity prices. So now is actually a really good time to lock in some, some good rates. It's a good idea. And it's end of financial year, so there definitely are some sales. So mm. I, heard there, I heard there's some good ones there, particularly if you own an EV. Mm. If anyone owns, owns an e, EV out there, has the, benefit, <laughs> has the luxury of owning one of those. I, I drive a Tesla just in case you didn't know Emily. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <Douche>. we do- <laughs> that made me an F boy right yeah, yeah. Uh, We joke about it on the podcast. Um, yeah. I'm really uh, jealous. <laughs> uh, yeah. So lock in something like that, or I'm pretty sure there'd be heaps of other end of financial year deals. I just haven't had time to look into it. Well, this this um, spiffy jacket here was technically an end of financial year. It is a pretty spiffy sale. jacket. So this jacket, uh, originally two eighty, got it for one forty. Apparently, Sydney is the puffer jacket capital, capital of the of world, the world. Yeah. right now. 
that a stat? Apparently. Someone um, said that to us. I don't know if it's true. I didn't verify it. Yeah. But <laughs> it seems right. right. Highest density <laughs> puffer jackets in the world per capita. There's at least three puffer jackets in this office today. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. I can tell you I've got one sitting next to me. Yes. They're good. You can't argue with them. Now we've said that. If you live in Sydney, you're going to see it everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, I got my jacket at Rebel Sport in case you're wondering. It's a Mac pack. <laughs> Rebel? Rebel. You didn't go to Mac pack. No, I did. And it was much more expensive. Really? Because Rebel had a half price sale. There if you, you joined up to their Rebel group for oh free. Oh my God. Yeah. There you go. That's a good tight ass tip. Right. Very good. Well, thank you, Emily. Thank you, Dan, for your tight ass tips. I really, yeah. I really like that. No, thank you for your electricity tip. Mm. Let's move on to the main topic, shall we? That's the universal indicator, Emily, that we've moved on to the main Emily, topic. Emily, can you hear our sound effects? Or? Uh, not that one. Uh, I heard the intro. Oh, good. Okay, good. That's yeah, good. We're wondering if you could enjoy yeah, the intro. Music. Sometimes when we're doing an interview via Zoom or Teams and we mute ourselves during the intro because we chat about stuff and we're kind of dancing along, we wonder if the people watching just hear nothing <laughs> and are wondering like, why are you dancing for 30 seconds? Yeah, I heard the intro. Good. Yeah. So in case you are listening to this and you want to watch us dance, it will go on YouTube. Yeah, it will go on YouTube. We're, we're, we're videoing this. We post these on YouTube eventually. Mm. Um, let's dive into the topic. Let's dive into the topic. So we wanted to talk about the building and construction industry today. Uh, Emily, you work with Next Minute, which is a software in the building and construction industry. And so you've got a bit of experience of talking to a lot of um, people uh, working in the industry. There's research that you guys are, are seeing all the time. Mm. And we thought it was a good opportunity to sort of cover off what some of these issues are and, and also segue that into, well, how do you choose the kind of support and technology that um, might actually help your business? Mm. Um, so let's start broader. What are some of the issues we're seeing at the moment in, in the industry, do you think? What, do you, what are you hearing? Yeah, so I mean, the common theme that we've heard over the last probably three years is that everything's just increasing in cost. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a, a couple of stats that I was able to find from some reports that, and this has come directly from um, builders and tradespeople in the industry. So for them, their main concerns still are 38% was uh, material costs are mm -hmm. still increasing. Um, next concern after that was for labor cost increases. So 22% mm -hmm. of the industry is still facing that concern. 19% are seeing labor delays, which is coming because there's a labor shortage. Yeah. And that, I mean, there's a whole like other section that relates to that. But what we're, especially on the East Coast of Australia, what we're seeing is that um, laborers and tradespeople are moving up to northern New South Wales and Queensland. So, one for flood, flood relief. Wow, well, yeah. Going, yeah, a shit ton of work up there. Of course. Uh, and then now with the Olympics coming up, we're going to see a whole bunch of tradies going yeah. far too much money to do the jobs that they are qualified to do. Mm. And that leaves a shortage behind in Sydney um, and probably Melbourne as well. Wow. So then having a labour shortage then puts more supply, uh, sorry, more demand on the current, the labour labourers that are left behind. <laughs> they can want more money because there's no one else to do the job. So that's going to impact the labour cost further. Yeah. Um, and then there is still some material delays, but not as much as we probably saw during COVID. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so like, you know, the, we're, we're seeing all the time um, these issues around um, the increase in cost of materials and, and a lot of builders who have entered in fixed price contracts with people. And then suddenly the costs are far more and they find themselves in a lot of trouble, which is why we're seeing so many building companies go bankrupt or mm. into insolvency. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like pretty much the crux of it all. Yeah. Is that, mm. um, the construction industry as a whole is very hand to mouth. <coughs> so it's mm. like money out, money in. Mm. So they're generally spending more upfront because they need to have materials and supplies and labor committed to the jobs before the job can even start. So there's mm. already been a huge amount of money spent before the job starts. Mm. Then they do the start of the job, they start accruing labor charges. They probably then accrue more material charges as well as they go. And then what they're seeing is the material costs go up as they need to purchase more, but they've already committed to their customer. It's going to cost you X amount of money. It might be 10,000. It might be $500,000. So, so how do you go back to a customer and go, actually, sorry, we got that wrong. Mm. And it's not the builder's fault and it's not the customer's fault, but who absorbs that cost? Yeah. Um, and it leaves everyone in a really yucky situation. Definitely. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Uh, mm. Is there any talk, you know, I, I hear conflicting reports, you know, some people say, oh, it's, it's starting to ease already. Other people say it's going to continue. Um, what are you seeing around that? Um, so, like, overall, the actual industry, we are seeing bounce back. So, mm. I think um, over the last... So since 2020, there was a decline of 2.6% in the industry. Mm. It, the last 12 months, it's gone up by 1.8%. So we are seeing like improvements to the industry overall. However, cost of materials, no one knows. Yeah. Like, it's probably got a lot to do with inflation. So mm. maybe when we get inflation stabilized, it's going to help. Um, the rumor or like the, kind of the general consensus is over the next six months, it will start to stabilize. Mm. That could be nine months. It could be 12 months. Who really knows? Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I mean, you've got that paired with, say, the overall, you know, macroeconomic conditions, interest rates up, potential recessions, potentially demand's going to go down for a lot of these new builds because mm. the costs are high. The interest, the cost mm. to um, acquire all that is so high because of the interest rates. Um, it's it's interesting. It's a tricky industry right now. Yeah, mm. it's very interesting. I think one of the biggest issues that we saw um, because of something like, say, the home builder, which we were just discussing a second ago, um, is the supply chain was an issue. So it's not just that the costs have gone up, but that was one of the reasons the costs were going up was because of the supply chain. The shipping. Yeah. The slow shipping. Hmm. Yeah. And then the... Um Home build scheme. So they were com- through that scheme. There was a commitment to nearly ten thousand homes per month, like new homes per month were being built. But wow. we don't have the supply for that. Mm. Um, so there was, you know, everyone was overcommitted to the workload. We don't have the materials or the labour for it, mm, <laughs> frankly. Crazy. Um, and so now that's left a massive. So it wasn't just like uh, material shortages. It was like there was just this overcommitment and too much demand to the work that could get delivered. So the work wasn't getting done. How do you prioritize one house mm. over another house? They were agreed to like agreed upon at the same time. Mm. Um, all that kind of stuff. Is that my mom actually experienced this? She's building a house at the moment. It took 12 months mm. for the house to or maybe 18 months. It was a long, a really long time. Yeah. Um, but like this is a perfect example, a painter showed up to do the painting job, but the other tradies weren't finished doing their parts of mm. the work. So the painter couldn't do his job and he's like, well, I'm booked out for four weeks, so I can't come back tomorrow. Mm. I have to Scheduling. come back for four weeks time. Mm. So if that's another four week delay um, just for one tradesperson. What a nightmare. The so Gantt chart's just all over the place. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's a perfect example of how that causes delays throughout mm. the rest. And that if will have probably affect another job because he then has to reschedule Definitely. using his gear. 
reschedule another job so he can come back to this job that he was meant to do four weeks ago. What a waste of time for that painter too because Mm. he's blocked out, say, those three days for that job or whatever it might be, five Mm. days. And now he has to scramble and find work for five days, Mm. um, which is he's just been knocking back work for Mm. the last two months probably because he's booked out in inverted commas. It's leading people to feel this stress of, of burnout and overwork mm. and then the stress of like all of a sudden the rug's being pulled out under your feet yeah you've got nothing to do and you've you've just geared up and hired all these expensive employees yeah bought all these expensive yeah. materials and you don't have any work for the next month it's yeah. full on yeah exactly and especially if he's hired you know staff to work whether they're employees or subcontractors he has to pay them mm. yeah and he's not getting paid for the work he's doing because he didn't do the work yeah it's so, so tough uh, you um, you sent through an example, which I think was really awesome. Um, that I want to go through. Speaking of paint, um, tell us tell us what this was because I, I found it funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just like more of a um, anecdotal one. But yeah. uh, due to the Greta Gerwig Barbie movie, there has been a um, short supply of hot pink paint internationally. <laughs> so it what? actually affected worldwide. It wasn't just in the US. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and it was confirmed. So, like, the so I heard the rumor about it, and I was like, mm. ha-ha, yeah, like, this is probably a bit of, like, a PR marketing joke that yeah. I don't into the movie. But um, the LA Times went and interviewed the paint supplier, and they confirmed it. So, they actually That's... had a paint shortage prior to the filming, right. uh, which was a backlog from COVID supply shortages. Mm. Um, but then the filming of the movie, they ran out of a very specific pink color internationally <laughs> because of the movie. That's so, that's so funny, but it's all like, that's crazy. Yes, that's a movie, but there's big projects like that happening all the time. So you can imagine this exact scenario that doesn't get the press because mm. it's not the Barbie movie, mm. um, yeah. happening just over and over and over again. And so like further and further delays, I want to go see the Barbie movie, by the way, just on a side <laughs> note. But it's going to be weird to go by myself. <laughs> do, do, do not go to the cinemas. See that by yourself, Dan. Uh, this is why you're not an F-boy. Anyone, anyone out there who wants to go see Barbie with me, I need a friend to go with me. I'd offer, we're going to go see it as a family. Um, <laughs> nice. So six of us in my family, plus my husband, who mm, awesome. is not overly enthusiastic about it. <laughs> we're all dressing in pink. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It looks funny. It's got... A lot of Am good I actors in it. Is Ryan Reynolds in it? Yeah, he's Ken. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, no. No. Ryan um, Gosling. Gosling. Oh, I always get them mixed up. Sorry. Yeah. You said Ryan. I was like, yeah, no, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> the better Ryan. Yeah, yeah. The, the better Ryan. The more serious Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Reynolds is good too. He's fine. Mm. Um, right. But uh, anyway, yeah, you can imagine this sort of situation happening over and over and again in in different scenarios. There's a big project going on. Uh, and then suddenly there's a shortage everywhere else because mm. that's just what's happening. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's, this kind of brings me into the next topic that I wanted to sort of cover, which is just the building and construction industry already has a cash flow problem just like inherently. Like you were saying before, Emily, around like it's such a money in, money out mm. um, business. And that's so true. Like mm. you see clients, especially when they're, let's say, a smaller builder that works for a bigger business like mm. an insurance company or a big builder or whatever it is and the payments take forever to come mm-hmm. and so they're forking out all this money and then the money's coming in and it's just straight back out again mm. um yeah. so there's already like built into a lot of these businesses cash flow problems that even without these increase in costs mm. you know shortage of labor and um, supply chain issues mm. they're just part of it 
Yeah, mm. the, the cash flow is tight mm. because you're playing catch up straight away. Yeah. Unless you've got a big stock of cash behind you, yeah. which not everyone has the luxury of. Mm. So people are using credit cards, overdrafts, they're Overdraft. paying interest. Yeah. Um, and then something affects the efficiency of their job mm. um, or uh, there's, a, there's a supply that's not available or mm. labor, the, the, someone quits and they can't replace them. Yeah. And all of a sudden that means they've outlaid the cash Mm. There's nothing coming in. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the things we I got this stat from, we did a webinar earlier in the week and it was so relevant and I was like, oh, I have to say this on the podcast as well. <laughs> so it actually came from one of the zero, it was either zero crunch, uh, cash flow crunch or money matters reports, but it was one of the recent ones that came out in May of this year. And they were saying that just generally as a small business, they go through 4.2 months of negative cash flow per year. Um and then there was, we, were, we kind of broke it down when talking about the construction industry. Most of them are small businesses as well. Most mm. of our like ICP clients that we work with are, are small businesses. And you think about just the Christmas period, yeah. it's about 2.2 months where pretty much in Australia nothing happens because yeah. we have school holidays that start in November, most of them being small businesses or family-run businesses. Mm-hmm. So they've got to take either 50% of their staff off because it's normally a husband and wife who wife doing the books and husband on job site. Mm-hmm. So 50% is already gone to do childcare. Um, plus, everyone else shuts down over Christmas time. So your customers don't have any demand or needs for their building or renovation work to continue over that period. Mm-hmm. And then we really don't start kicking off again until school goes back, and that's in February. That's crazy. <laughs> so it's two months. And mm-hmm. so for building and construction companies, that 4.2 months is probably more likely through um, three to five months, 5.3 yeah. mm-hmm. months. Yeah. Um, because then they're probably going to go through a lull again, probably around this time of year of end of financial year when everyone's just busy and mm. slows down and you've got other priorities that take place. So for them, it's a really big impact yes. um, when That's, they're already having cash flow issues. To start I, I saw that a lot this year. Mm. Um, everyone I dealt with, you know, whether they're a plumber, electrician, builder, um, cash flow was terrible mm. in January and February. Um, and it is just precisely for that reason. Everyone takes that time off um, or shuts down or has kids or goes on holidays or it's too hot. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, you really, with your cash flow timing, you've got to sometimes, we do it too with our business. We know we shut down in Christmas for like three yeah. weeks. So, we really combine December and January into one month. Into one we, month. We, we consider the year an 11-month year. Yeah. In building yeah. and construction, you may consider your year a 10-month year. Yeah. And you're yeah. trying to hit a certain level of cash at bank by of end of November. Months, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And then anecdotally, we saw this year in April was just one of those really horrible months because you had Easter, Anzac Day, um, Ramadan, Eid, like, and mm, there was yes. our school holidays as well. King's um, birthday. So all of those, I think. From our perspective as like a subscription selling based company, I think we had like 11 selling days in the entire month. Yeah, wow. So it's like a quarter of the month that you actually have working days. Crazy. Isn't that, it? Is, that is that is crazy. But like mm. think about like we like you rattled off the, you know, it might be closer to five months um, of the year with negative cash flow. That means in five months of the year, you have your bank balance going down mm. yeah. or into debt yep. um, yeah. to cover. So you're like, it's really like, you need to boom in those other seven. Like yeah, that's just, do. that's really, 
Like that's hard. That's so hard. And when you're booming, mm. I think the other hard part of it is putting money need, away. Yeah, you need to not <laughs> yeah. just spend it all. Yeah, um, because it can seem you know like it's rivers of gold for mm. that month. You're like I'm killing it. If it just goes like this every month. How oh, many, everything will be great. <laughs> how many tradies or builders do you know that's like, oh, things are great this month. Yeah, I need a new car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gonna get a gonna get the Ram. Which I, get the RAM, I think they're, they're working hard <laughs> yeah. and they've finally got paid yeah. a big amount and you know, they've made it yeah. right. So they're going to buy that, that tool or mm. the, the truck or whatever it is. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's a false sense of security yeah. because next month is going to be negative cash flow. So really you need to kind of think about it as like, I need to be hitting my goals on a 12 month cycle. And if I've done 12 month cycle, great, I've hit it. I've got this cash aside. Yeah. Now I can go spend it, but not month to month. And also, yeah. The flip side of that is not stressing too much over that Christmas time because yeah. you just know it's, it's going to be better. bad. It's mm. going to go backwards for two months. Yeah. So don't let it get you down. Mm. Um, so yeah. all of this begs the question, what can you do about it? And I think we've already started to go down that angle, which is like, well, you need to plan and you need to yeah. sort out your cash flow and do some forecasting and mm. know what your costs are. Um, and really... That just means software, right? That means apps. Yeah, like being organized, yeah. right? Being so organized. If, you, if you're the most organized company, mm. then you're going to mitigate more risk mm. of those inefficiencies. Yeah, yeah, no. Slowing I, down your cash flow. I agree, I agree. But uh, you, you had a, a stat, uh, Emily, around how people in the building and construction industry were like the least likely to adapt, yeah. adopt new technology. Yeah, so there was, um, again, from one of the Zero reports, mm. they were saying that 34% of small businesses um, are leaning more on their advisors to, like, offer additional new support around mm. software implementation, advisory forecasting, budgeting, like, mm. not just, you know, your typical tax return. Small businesses are looking for more at the moment. Mm. Um, and then there was a stat around you know, if you actually have software helping you run your business that you're, you're going to succeed a little bit better or you're going to see better results. Mm. And from that, they knew that the construction industry was the least likely to implement software mm. um, or like the least tech savvy measures in place um, around cash flow forecasting tools. Um, E-invoicing was like a really big one, 34% of um trade and construction businesses e-invoice. So that means that there's like 60 to 70% of businesses out there not even sending their invoices. What? Electronically. Oh my God. What? Yeah. That's (laughs) That's a huge concern. Yeah. (laughs) The piece of paper on the kitchen bench. Is this what we're we're saying? Like 60%? Yeah, well, kind of. And look, that- Or a Word document, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Yes, Word, Excel, some Mm. are still- unfortunately using pen and paper they've got the Um, invoice book (laughs) yeah it's still a cash economy so cash Mm, is still king and it's still got that like you pay me cash i'll give you 10 percent off kind of vibe going Mm, on that's our next Uh, policy area yes cash okay there you go yeah Mm. yeah it look, there's like, I don't think there's much that can be done about it. I think businesses mm. are always going to have you know, a sneaky little cash business going on on the side. Leave it to but, us. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, think about it for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Back to <laughs> um, yeah, so like there's all those kind of things going on. It's just not helping in the longer term schemes. And like you guys were saying before, they do, they, they get this big lump sum of money because especially with residential builders, if they're building a new house, you're looking at a half a million dollar minimum mm. invoice that you mm. So you get a big 
half a million dollar invoice paid in one lump sum, you're like, oh my God, look at all this money. Yes. What can you spend it on? Yes. And then you see that apprentices, they go and get their first job and they get their first paycheck and they go, oh my God, if that's what I get paid in this apprentice, imagine when I finish my apprenticeship and mm. I go and start my business, yeah. how much cash I'll be making. They don't understand the cash isn't theirs. It's mm. their business cash. Mm. Um, and actually 30% of it belongs to the government. So you just yeah. need to get rid of it immediately. So mm. they're not putting that money aside. They're not considering it. Um, mm. And because they don't have tools in place to do so. Yeah. I've been um, I've been watching that TV show Eastbound and Down. Have you ever watched that before? Nope. Anyway, this guy is an ex baseball player, but he's just always riding around in his jet ski. Like he's <laughs> he's completely poor, but he just has a jet ski that he keeps in like a lake he rides around on. And uh, that reminds me of builders and, and tradies. <laughs> they love buying the jet ski when the money the comes in. Ski. Yeah, I usually they all have a jet ski. Yeah, generalization, of course. No. <laughs> Most of them do. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should do a poll. I reckon if we did a poll on like our Instagram, how many builders own a jet ski or have owned a jet ski? <laughs> most of them would be yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to like how many accountants own Tesla? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the FBT exemption. It's not our fault. Um, so why can't you just use your zero file for something like this? So you're saying like a big problem is just invoicing. Well, that would solve that. Mm. Yeah. But it's not enough, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, so, like, kind of just going back to the last point as well, mm. um, just the tip of, like, what, you know, you could be doing to help with your cash flow problems. Mm. Go and speak to your accountant immediately, please. Mm. Like, mm. As when I push everyone of our customers to you, I'm like, do you have an accountant? Do you have a bookkeeper? And if you don't, can we put you in touch with someone? Mm. Uh, know your due dates. Know when you've got big, like, scheduled amounts of money that are due to come out of the business. Don't spend money around those because they're going to take priority um, and have a budget and a forecast and have tools that help you do them, uh, which leads on to what you just asked me around you. Why can't you just use Zero? You absolutely can. So like Zero Projects is totally cool. It's a great entry-level software for someone who's never used a job management platform before or if they're um, a sole trader or a quite small business and they're just looking for the bare minimum. It's a great, great entry-level starting point. As the business grows, though, what we do see is that a lot of people outgrow the features that Zero Projects offer and they start looking for more because they need more of the scheduling. They have team members who need access to it. They need to see their schedules. They need to see the customer's job site. They need to mm. see notes. They need to see photos and files and everything else that goes with it. So when they look to upgrade, you want to be able to provide a product that is suited to their needs, right? Mm -hmm. So the way I think about it is Zero is an accounting package. It was built for accountants and bookkeepers. They've changed their marketing strategy and now they um, advertise to small business, but it was never built for small businesses. Mm -hmm. It was built for accountants and bookkeepers. And next minute was built for trade and construction businesses. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of separate them and we give each business what they need to do. So mm -hmm. you guys as accountants can go and do your BAS and your tax returns and journals and everything else. Mm -hmm. And you don't really want your trade clients mucking around mm. in there. Mm. You know, what them coming in and changing journals or reconciling things and putting them to the wrong accounts because yep. you're going to fix it anyway and then mm. charge them for that. Mm -hmm. So you might as well just do the work right from the start. Mm. Yep. Versus your, your um, trade and construction clients probably don't want you going around messing with their Gantt charts and changing <laughs> their schedules. Yeah. So give them a place to do that and you guys keep your place to mm. do your thing. Although it yeah, would be right. funny, just like, oh, actually, that's pretty inefficient. Let's just move. Uh, <laughs> Gary's going to do Tuesdays over there. Um, I thought framing was pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty yeah. easy to do. You didn't really have so much time <laughs> for this. everything by two hours and then you'll get paid quicker. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, what you've got to do is to stand there with a whip and just crack yeah. it behind your team members as they're hammering nails. Yeah. So obviously being from next minute, you've got uh, a preference of, of where people should go a bit, but you've often told us that, that you feel a, a specific um, segment of the market for, for people who are yeah. after your, um, or are in your niche really. So how do you know what software to choose? How do you know what to go for? Yeah, so I mean, just like a bit of, not a plug, but just an educational thing from residents' perspective. So we sit and purely take care of residential construction businesses. We were purpose-built for residential construction, and our Mm. story was that Brando was having his house built and then they, or renovated, sorry, built it. He was having his house renovated, and the contractor didn't have an app that managed this stuff, Mm. had cash flow problems. And then our founder was like, I can build an app for you. And it can be done in the next minute. Nice. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't because it's of next minute. Yeah. Next minute. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, so, like, we were purpose built for that industry. Um, a lot of the really well known brands that you guys have probably seen that advertise to trade and construction are more for like the tradey type businesses, which would be field service and maintenance types, like plumbers and electricians who do lots of little jobs. Mm-hmm. And they're really good at that. We're not good at that. Mm. That's not really well. We do project stuff really well. And those other brands that you've probably heard about do those smaller jobs excellent. So, like, if you just need to kind of identify what industry you're in to start with Mm. and then find the product that is well suited to your industry. We also don't do commercial. So, if you want to start doing, like, commercial type work, there's uh, bigger brands out there that are bigger than our products. Mm. Um, And the difference there is the type of projects or the... Yeah, the type of inputs you can put in there. Probably more legislation as well. Mm. Some of the regulations that go into commercial aren't required in residential. Um, Things like team hierarchies as well. Mm. Like if you've got lots of project managers and they have teams reporting to them, Mm. we don't cater for that because we just have essentially one team that works on the one project at a time and then they finish that and move on to the next one. Um, But yeah, so I mean, look at your industry first and do a little bit of research. Maybe talk to other people in your industry. I know the construction industry is very word of mouth. So Mm. if you're a residential builder, don't ask a plumber for advice on software because it's probably not going to be well suited to you. Also, don't Um, ask them for tax advice (laughs) because ask your accountant. (laughs) Exactly that. Exactly. It's the same kind of theory, right? Yeah. Um, and then after that, you want to start looking at features and integrations. So what are your deal breakers? What mm. must you have? Like, must you have a Gantt chart? Does the software offer mm. that Gantt chart? Yes. Um, and then you want to look at support and training. So is it included? Is there additional yeah. fees for it? Is there limitations to how much training and support you can get? Or Especially is it too much training and support? Like, do they make you go away somewhere for a week and charge you $10,000 yeah, for it? We've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You want to ask those questions up front. Mm-hmm. Is there hidden costs around it? Um, and also with like support and training, we know that the train construction industry aren't tech savvy. They're the least likely to adopt these measures. So mm. understanding that there's no, you know, it's not just the first three months, it's the lifetime of mm. your subscription. It's mm. you know, hand-holding and training and you can roll out as you need to, not trying to do everything at once. is going to help with the change management of rolling out a software. Mm. Yeah, that's a huge um, point. That is actually a massive, massive point because um, often you're dealing with like a husband mm. and wife um, or partners uh, and one of them's keen 
probably mm. more the office mm. type person, yeah. uh, which, you know, could be the husband or wife. Mm. And the other one who's more like hands on is not keen <laughs> because they just want to do the job. Yeah. Um, so you've got to get buy-in and definitely that's, that takes a long time, I think. Yeah. And like for us, one of our selling points is profitability reporting. So we can show you on a per job level how well your job's performing. But if you're not e-invoicing, that means nothing. <laughs> yes. So yeah, for us, it might be the first like three months we just focus on getting you invoicing. Yeah. And then the next month we'll talk about timesheets and charges and everything else that goes into it. Mm, timesheets. One thing done. Tradies don't like timesheets, do they? They don't. I've tried. <laughs> and unfortunately, they need them because must yeah. mm. labor goes into every single job they work on. the biggest cost. (laughs) Charge out rates. I get that question a bit. How much do I charge for labor for each type of person? Yeah. I've had that a few times. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Market versus margin. Mm. That's a big one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I was just going to say outside that as well, that leads on to pricing. Just make sure the software fits into your budget expectations, Mm. but also understand that purchasing software should be an an investment. So, Mm. As we're saying, we, we are here to help you and we want to make things better for you. We're not here to just be an additional cost. Mm. So if you do the training and education and put the time into learning the product, you should see time return to you because we should be able to simplify some of your processes. But also we're going to give you better vis- visibility so you're going to know how your jobs are actually mm. performing to yeah. help with those cash flow problems. Yeah, I think it's like short-term pain Mm. because you're going to have to initiate some new systems Mm. and build new habits. But what you get out of it is you'll be able to make more money Mm. potentially by working less (laughs) because you may do less jobs for a higher profit margin. Um, And you're going to add to the value of your business ultimately. But I mean, the, that's, that's a really interesting one for me because this is a system that you can actually hand over to someone else who may want to buy your business. So, um, for a yeah. lot of for a lot of people running these types of businesses, it's all in their head. It's all in their head. Yeah. Or if they've been pretty serious ab- about systemizing, it's on a whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> so taking it off of a whiteboard in your garage uh, or your office um, and out of your head and making a system that can be followed by anyone, which is the way to free you up. Yeah. Yeah, and give everyone visibility. Like, as you said, a lot of the time it's all in someone's head. Yeah. So how do you start? If you've got three staff members, they then rely on you to communicate with them. Exactly. To provide, you know, what the job site is. What are you doing today? What materials and tools do you need to bring with that's you? It. Do you need to purchase anything? If that's all in someone's head, how bloody annoying. Oh, like, what I annoying. I've got many calls a day asking, like, the bare basics of how to do my job. Yeah. I would be so frustrated. So just put it in an app that's accessible. Yeah, like you know, most of that, most of the time, those people are really frustrated. Like, oh, my team just doesn't get it. Mm. But really, yeah. like, you are the bottleneck. Yeah, and you've built a system that's meant everything has to be run by you and your mind. Mm. And so, it's not a business. Yeah, that's, you haven't built a system. You can't. You yeah. can't sell that business. Nah. You can't go for a holiday for six months in that business. So that's the difference between investing in a software like this or not and doing it on paper. Yep, absolutely. Well, Emily, I feel inspired around the issues in in the business, in the building business and, uh, and... I, I think our audience will definitely have a better idea of what software they should sort of like, what are the features in the software? What are the criteria they should be looking at? But if they are listening to this and they're like, Hey, 
I'm someone who builds residential property uh, mm. project by project. How do I get in touch with Emily? Or how do I get in touch with Next Minute? Nextminute.com. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Um, yeah, jump on the website. Everything's on there. We do mm. like all our com- um, competitive comparisons, feature analysis, and then you can book a demo and we have a 14-day free trial. So it's all on there. Sounds like good. It. Yeah. Sounds good. Like well, let's it. just... Uh, I don't know if you heard that sound effect, but that was the end of the main topic. <laughs> it's a bottle popping. It's a yeah, it goes. Oh, I yeah. did kind of hear it. Yeah, I can't hear it. It's very faint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other things. Well, uh, my other thing it yeah. relates to next minute because okay. I just thought of it whilst we were talking. Yeah. So when we're at um, uh, Accountex. We was it was it your founder that we met? We yep. did a ten minute yeah. chat with him. Yeah. So it was he's he's a great bloke and. Um, as it turns out, you know, we made a little joke about neck minute yeah. and he's a Kiwi as well. So he has that, that accent. Um, and it turns out he knows that guy. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, so I think they grew up or when day it's a day of our founder went to boarding school mm. and mm, I might be telling this story so wrong. I'm going to go with it anyway. It's the truth. It's the whole truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that neck minute guy, I don't know his name, but Dave knows his full name. Mm. Um, he's a skateboarder originally. Mm. And he used to skateboard around the area that Dave went to boarding school in. So they like cross paths. But then Dave's kids are also like really good skateboarders. Yeah. Um, oh. Do it competitively as well. So I think oh. they cross paths. Time. Yeah, they're actually in um in the states at the moment. Levi um, Hawkins, <laughs> Levi yeah, Hawkins, yeah. Because <laughs> he's talking about his broken skateboard in the video. That's why he's like, yeah. "Next minute, yeah." <laughs> yeah he's I in the it was a <laughs> Oh, it was a scooter. It was a scooter. Yeah, yeah he's like, he's in the skateboarder <laughs> originally, and then yeah, Dave and his kids are over in the US, so his kids can go to like a skateboarding camp. What? Oh, how good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah, That's I, cool. I don't know. I just love that he ended up with a software called Next, Next Minute, Minute yeah. and he knows yeah. that Levi guy the who's world famous yeah. <laughs> on YouTube. Honestly, if you ask me, it's a missed opportunity by our marketing team. We should be doing so much. <laughs> <laughs> he knows him. He could probably approach him and just yeah. get him to come on and do yeah. the advertising. Okay, okay, like, really? Oh, my cash flow was broken. Neck Minute. Neck Minute. <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> Rots itself. And if you yeah. haven't seen the neck minute video, just yeah. type in N-E-K neck and then minute. minute. Yeah, it'll and come up. It'll be the first thing that comes up and watch it. It's, it'll be 40, 48 seconds of your life. You will not regret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might. You might, yeah. Nah, you won't. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> not our listeners. <laughs> um, my other thing um, this week, actually, is uh, I went to... Um, I'm going to be Tim today. I went to an AFL game on the weekend <laughs> and uh, I saw an absolute shellacking. Yeah. It's like 200 point win almost. Yeah. West Coast suck. Yeah. I'm not that into footy, but even that I was like, you knew in the first 30 seconds, mm. this is going to be a wipeout. This is, this is no good. It was always going to be. Yeah. It was always no going to be because it was, in, it was in Sydney. Mm. Sydney's a good team mm. and West Coast is not a good team. <laughs> not a good team. They're really bad. No, it really like... At one point when they were sort of like towards this end and I was like, oh, their backs are no good. We're just getting around them, but their forwards must be fine. Like they're just never getting the ball. And then they switched in and a few times the forwards at the ball are like, they are no good. (laughs) (laughs) They can't even catch balls. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to the poor um, West Coast. Um, Mm. That's why I'm a Dockers guy. 
Fremantle. <laughs> Not really. I'm really well, a Swan supporter. I've got really. a bone to pick with you because the Dockers beat my beloved Essendon Bombers on Go the weekend. The Dockers. So you didn't even know that, nope. did you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch it. Fake fan. <laughs> Don't watch it at all. Anyway, I just wanted to give it. I just wanted to be Tim this week. <laughs> give an <laughs> AFL update. Hey, Sam, I appreciate that. Emily, recommendation? Um, I have a recommendation for a podcast. Beautiful. Another one. Um, it's called She's on the Money. Mm. It is for young women who want to learn a little bit more of their financial independence and literacy. Um, so I was saying to the guys earlier, I've listened to it. And it's um, one of the things like my parents didn't talk about money at the dinner table. It was very taboo. So mm. I got into my adult life with no concept of how to run my own finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and the podcast has really turned my life around and helped me be very financially savvy. That's awesome. So if anyone yeah, wants to learn some tips and tricks the top every week's a different topic so you can just pick and choose which ones might be relevant for you as well yeah how good i like that recommendation i want to go mm. check that out actually yeah that is I've, I've i've heard i know a few people who have listened to it um cool. and who thought it was really good so it's, it's a great cool. recommendation mm. great recommendation yeah and it is very true like mm. it's just the financial literacy thing Never taught. No, I mean, you you grew up in a family of accountants. Did did you talk about it much? Not really, no. No. Not really. No. I mean, we didn't in my household. I mean, my dad occasionally would, you know, give me nuggets of wisdom, but I lived with my mum most of the time and she never spoke about it. (laughs) Like, it was just... Not really a thing. I found, I've gone, this relates, Emily, to what you mm. just said about the financial literacy thing. I found this dude on Instagram and uh, he disproves all these fake things that like influencers put out on Instagram. I love it. Yeah. And Can so, you send me this? Yeah, I will. I'll send it, I'll send it to <laughs> You're you. You're going down a rabbit hole tonight. And, <clears throat> and it's very American. It's like, mm. oh, because of my section 17 claim, I can actually write off mm. my $200,000 Mercedes vehicle. Mm. And that's why the government bought my Mercedes for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because of people's such poor financial literacy, they actually believe those guys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a money saver too. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Money tip. Yeah, mm. absolutely. It's a good one. You've, you've doubled... Double whammy on that yeah, one. True. That's good. True. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Emily. It was great to chat with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll see you again sometime soon in the in the various accounting uh, conferences and things that are going on, yeah. which uh, which will be at. And then um, if you want to get in touch with us, twodrunkpodcast at gmail.com, twodrunkaccountants on all the social medias, uh, twodrunkaccountants.com.au if you want to jump on the website. But uh other than that, we will see you next week with another guest. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, we'll, we'll surprise you with that one like we do every week. But mm. uh, it's, you know, like, like every guest, it's a good one. <laughs> Not as good as Emily, but. Not as good as Emily. Yeah. yeah I'm the best one, right? Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will calculate. Bye. Bye.